You're listening to a Market Moves property podcast from EG. I'm Tim Burke, EG's Deputy Editor. The UK's Real Estate Investment Trusts, or REITs, are set for change. Across consultations on asset holding company structures and the broader fund regime, the Treasury has suggested a raft of revisions around how REITs are managed, taxed and treated. The goal? To ensure that the UK's investment markets remain competitive, attracting capital and creating jobs. But will all of the proposals help to achieve those aims without causing fresh challenges? To explore this, I was joined over Microsoft Teams by three guests. Roger Clark is Head of Capital Markets at IPSX, a stock exchange that wants to democratise real estate investment and allow retail investors to buy shares in single-asset REITs. Rachel Kelly is Assistant Director of Finance Policy at the British Property Federation. And Stephen Sylvester is the Chief Financial Officer at Palace Capital, a listed investment firm that converted to a REIT in 2019. I started by asking Rachel for the BPF's reaction to the consultations. Are they welcome, overdue, or could they be looking to fix something that isn't even broken? Well, I think broadly, both the asset holding company consultation that we're seeing, that we're about to respond to, and also the wider funds review are both very much welcome. they, I mean, the broad premise is that the UK government have seen that there's an opportunity to bring more um, investment fund and particularly alternative uh, investment fund management structures into the UK um, and allow the um, the jobs and um, kind of other exchequer revenues that uh, will come from that to also come to the UK. Um, so I think there's uh, they're, they're bold ambitions, um, but I think they're very much supported uh, broadly. Um, and they, they will be challenging to implement and they'll be challenging to kind of design a regime that everyone's happy with. Um, but, you know, it, I think the kind of the, the broad ambitions are definitely supported. Um, and then as part of those broader discussions, they're obviously making some proposals to amend the REIT regime, which I think, I mean, the REIT regime has been in place for what, almost 15 years now. So I think it's 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 time that, you know, we review it and think about whether there are improvements that can be made. So I think that's that's also very much welcome. Roger, you and the team at IPSX um, have obviously been doing been doing your bit to initiate change in the real estate investment market. What What's your reaction to these proposed changes? Is this in line with the kind of revamp, the kind of rethinking that that you would like to see? Well, like like Rachel, I, I think we would agree that um, it's always it's always important to review review legislation and re- review the terms under which markets operate. And 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 there's a very broad um, review approach and a mentality in the government at the moment, which is great. I, I guess it's all to do with Brexit. This feels like a good time for the UK to consider a lot of things. And, and in addition to the asset holding companies. And the fund management industry. I think it's uh, it's really you know we at IPSX are really interested to see the Hill review that's looking into financial markets in general and trying to make and retain London's position as a as an attractive global market. And that's all happening, of course, against a backdrop of to use the uh, buzzword unprecedented economic challenges. I mean the the across the the globe the amount of government borrowing we've seen in the last 12 months is is extraordinary i mean we thought it was big back post lehman 
uh, and that looks like a, a drop in the ocean compared to now. And of course, all public debt will one day, not 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 now, of course, but one day this all needs to be refinanced by by somebody. So the the very when you take a, a step back, the the whole idea of how we attract capital into markets is critical, and and we need to attract more retail capital into markets. And I think it's for that reason that we're very cautious about the idea of um, uh, the property industry and the REIT regime being able to move away from being listed to to unlisted. Uh, it feels to us that listed markets are, are the best way to allow everybody into, uh, into markets and into real estate. And of course, at IPSX is very much part of our fundamental vision is to try to democratize and open up real estate to to all investors so we're a little cautious about the idea of allowing unlisted REITs uh, it seems to be possibly a step in the wrong direction. Stephen you were in the finance team at, at New River before joining Palace Capital prior to it converting to a REIT and then and then helped it go through that process what are what are your initial thoughts on um, on the changes that, that you would like to see? Yeah I mean as a REIT uh, we've already jumped through the, the hoops uh, we, we've been through the process uh, as you know, on, on uh, my previous company and uh, and and at palace capital so uh, i i guess the question is is less about the, the reach that currently exist it's probably more about how do we attract more investment into into real estate how do we do it in the right way as an industry so um I mean, I think the current suggestions are, are a good start. This is a great opportunity. I mean, Brexit creates the catalyst for us to, to look at all sorts of things. So can we get rid of some, um, you know, red tape and, and make things easier um, so that we can draw? You know, there is a wall of capital at the moment. And uh, actually, the re regime in the UK is relatively small um, compared to other, other countries. So there, there, there absolutely is plenty more that we could do. We've touched on Brexit a couple of times in these answers and, you know, the um, the Treasury documents talk about one of the goals being to ensure that the UK and its its various fund markets, you know, including REITs, remain competitive globally and, and without wanting to step too far away from from real estate. What do you all see as being at stake here as, um, you know, as the, the UK perhaps looks to these opportunities to, to redefine certain markets? Um, post-Brexit and, you know, to ensure that, that London as a financial hub and and the UK as, as, you know, as a destination for capital maintain the standing that they've that they've built? Well, what is at stake? I mean, I think that for, throughout the last 20, 25 years, L London established itself as as the undisputed sort of global financial capital. And um, that's for a number of reasons. It's got, frankly, very little to do with um, Brexit. Um, I, I, pe people often talk about how the, the you know, London's preeminence came about because it was a sort of staging point to access the European markets. But I think it's much more than that. Um, you know, I think that our time zone, our language, our legal system uh, are, are, are all very important to, to London. And I think that's why, you know, our, our fund management industry and within that real estate um, needs needs to be looked after there is i think um again coming back to this point about the rather unprecedented levels of public borrowing you know i i think it's uh, our industry real estate has seen an, an enormous amount of offshore structuring to 
um, shall we say, plan for tax. Uh, and it, it seems as if that is just no longer in tune with the zeitgeist. I think as an industry, we need to be very careful about being seen to be almost a raison d'etre of our fund structuring industry is to avoid paying tax. And that is not uh, in line with um, uh, the sort of public good and, and, and the public perception. So I think these these ideas of trying to um, encourage and attract the offshore industry back to London are, are important and are very much in tune with with the, 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 the sort of wider wider world in which we're living now. There's just two things that spring to mind when you ask that question. I mean, I suppose there's a kind of what are the opportunities on the ground for real estate in terms of making sure that investment can flow into real estate. I mean, we've had huge disruption in kind of the retail sector you know, the use of offices is going to be changing. People are going to need to be kind of reinvigorating our town centres and our high streets. So we need to make sure that capital that wants to invest into that regeneration, um, you know, is not prevented in doing so, or, or at least that there's no barriers to doing so. Um, so I guess that's one opportunity. Um, and that'll be kind of in the UK, certainly, but also kind of around the world, people will be wanting to see that in investment flow. Um, and then I suppose the second benefit in kind of a post-Brexit world and thinking about, well, what economies um, do the UK want to be kind of supporting? Um, I, I guess that's that's a, that's a, talking to the UK's ambition around why they've introduced these consultations, because they see it as a big opportunity to have a big in investment management industry in the UK because of all of the jobs and kind of ancillary exchequer revenues that that will bring. I think... Um... Uh, and it, the interesting thing about property is, um, although uh, although we pay tax in the UK uh, most of the time, the the amount of offshore vehicles that exist, uh, and and particularly when you end up doing joint ventures with with overseas investors, Luxcos, Jputs, you know, all sorts of offshore vehicles, and um, it's not that that would just uh, that we need to eliminate that completely, but I think it, it you know, you you want uh, the REIT regime, you want the UK REIT regime to be the go-to uh, regime for investors. You want them to say, okay, it's clear, it's simple, we understand it. Um, we're not having to um, put complex um, vehicles together to manage the tax because actually um, the UK government has recognised that. Um, there's a the, they can use the REIT regime as a flow through. So, yeah, I think I think there is I think it's a great opportunity at the moment to really address this. Rachel, you um you mentioned just how challenging you think some of these changes would be to implement. T take me through where you see any possible stumbling blocks. Um, well, I mean, I, was, I I suppose I was referring more to the broader asset holding company regime. Um, and I suppose it's because the, the the government are trying. I mean, what what are some of the difficulties that we've come across? And I'm not really I'm not really thinking about the REIT proposals particularly, um, although I, I will mention one area. But mm. in terms of the wider asset holding company consultation, um, obviously the government are proposing a kind of a new separate regime which will be different different to what other kind of UK corporates are able to access. And so they see the need to have really strong eligibility criteria in order to access this new regime. Um, and so one of the and, and you know that you can you can understand their rationale there. 
Um, albeit one of the challenges is that some of the competing jurisdictions around the world, and I suppose notably the likes of Luxembourg and Jersey, don't have those strict eligibility criteria. So in terms of balancing kind of the risks that HMRC want to, you know, uh, make sure there's strong eligibility criteria versus making sure the regime is kind of accessible and attractive for a huge number of market entrants. Um, I guess there's a concern that things like the eligibility criteria might just be making a regime which kind of isn't as attractive as it could be. Um, and I suppose, and, and there's a number of areas like that that have come up in the consultation um, where HMRC see a potential risk um, and are proposing ways to mitigate they, those risks, which are on the whole overly complex and we, we think could be better targeted uh, to make sure that they're not introducing a complex regime, an overly complex regime for everybody. Um, but on the real estate side specifically, and, and, and this applies to REITs as well, one area where we think they could be much bolder and, and apply a far simpler rule is where returns from overseas property are repatriated through the UK, whether that's through a REIT or through a, another kind of AHC structure, asset holding company structure. Um, I think the UK needs to be clearer in accepting that they, do, they are not seeking to tax those overseas property returns simply because they're repatriated through a UK structure. Um, on the whole UK, on the whole property around the world is taxable in the jurisdiction that it's based in. So if the UK seeks to tax those returns again through a UK structure, that's just double taxation. And anything that kind of overcomplicates that is going to make the UK less attractive for kind of pan-European or global real estate structures. What's the most significant change that's being suggested across these consultations and whether it's the whether it's um, the asset holding companies consultation or whether it's the um, the call to input um, for uh, for the fund market. If you had to single out single out one of the proposals that you think really would have perhaps an outsized impact on uh, on the market on on attracting capital into the UK. Uh, what what has caught your eye in terms of the suggestions so far? Uh, Stephen, maybe if you could, could kick off. It's probably the listing, you know, relaxing the listing requirements. That that would be, um, that would open it up wide. Um, I know there's plenty of REITs out there who are not necessarily um, on the London Stock Exchange. Um, you know, there's a reason why the listed market exists uh, and, and it gives investors a lot more uh, security and confidence, uh, you know, reliability, etc. So, I think um, I, I, I'm not convinced that that is the right way to go. Um, but I think it would have far-reaching consequences. Roger, just just take us take us through your your concerns on that front, because you touched on the fact that you, you know you're not necessarily convinced that some of these changes to the listing requirements are necessarily the the right the right move at this at this time. I would expect you to say that, of course, working for IPSX. But what are your what are your concerns um, about the ability to uh, to list to have a to have a re not listed on a on a recognised exchange? Well, I think it, it's um, it, it's it's to do with the sort of um, quality, the kite mark of of being listed. And I think that, you know, I think since the Lehman's and the global financial crisis, re regulators around the world have have had a couple of themes they've been focused on. One, one is trying to um, tax companies properly, and and as Rachel mentioned, trying to tax companies in the right place. The whole BEPS. Uh, uh, um, uh, 
rules that OECD brought in were designed to do that. But another thing that regulators have been very focused on is transparency and uh, and protection, and they prefer listed markets to private markets. Now, we, of course, in the UK have our own particular, very visible um, issue from this, which is the gated um, open-ended funds. And, and I think the real you know, the real concern we have as an industry in real estate is that most retail investors, you know, when I talk to IFAs at the moment, a lot of them say to me that they dread when their clients come to them and say, I'd like to put some money into real estate. And of course they do that. Who wouldn't? In, a, in an interest rate environment like we're in today, with an aging population, people are, of course, attracted to the idea of investing into real estate. But when they go to their IFA, their IFAs dread that because they see real estate as largely uninvestable because they can't put people into open-ended funds, which claim to have daily liquidity, but gate for literally years on end. So that's the real challenge we have is, is we, have a, we, we don't want to see our industry becoming ever more um, institutional and seeing the, the retail investor turned away when at the very same time, the rest of the capital markets are trying to go in the opposite way. I mean, only today in the Times, you may have seen that there's a letter published by the CEOs of Hargreaves, Lansdowne, AJ Bell, an interactive investor, calling for the government to try to ensure that there is more retail access to IPOs and financial markets, not not less. So I think I think we will look, we run the risk of looking like an incredibly old-fashioned, backward-looking industry in real estate. If at the very same time other markets are trying to open up, we encourage and go down the route of making access to real estate more closed. It's great for sovereign wealth funds to be able to have unlisted REITs. It's great for the the biggest uh, private equity firms to be able to have unlisted REITs. But we're we're trying to have a regime that appeals to more than just those, aren't we? Rachel, do you share some of those concerns? Yeah, I mean, over the course of this consultation, I've heard lots of pros and cons with the ideas of a a kind of relaxation of the listing requirements. Um, I certainly think that it's great that that it's being raised in this consultation, and I think it's great that government are reviewing whether or not it's needed. We think that there's definitely a good case to relax a listing requirement where you have a where you're ultimately owned by an institutional investor or controlled by an institutional investor, like a pension fund or a life company or, or someone that, that is already very widely held and heavily regulated in their own right. It's not clear to me what the policy rationale would be to have a listing requirement for those kinds of entities. Um, and then, in, in I mean, I guess in terms of relaxing it more broadly, um, Again, I think it kind of it, it's good to have the debate. There's definitely, I mean, I suppose the 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 main pros and cons are around. Well, we want to make sure that there are no barriers to investment in real estate, and you know, a listing requirement does create a barrier to investment in real estate. Um, and there is a principle-based view that many people consider that you know how you raise your capital shouldn't be something that's dictated by the tax rules. Um, However, I suppose you can't ignore the fact that there are going to be some benefits of a of a listing, um, like Roger mentioned. You know, there's going to be high levels of regulation, of transparency, of good corporate governance, um, and both from a kind of regime reputational perspective, that could be very that is very beneficial. But also from HMRC's perspective, there's probably um, they probably place some value on some of those attributes, and so 
I think it's worth continuing this debate, but really trying to get a sense, especially from HMRC and Treasury, as to what the what is the the benefit of this uh, policy? What is the kind of rationale behind it? Um, and is is the listing requirement the right uh, measure, or are there more targeted or kind of other measures that could be considered? Kind of once we properly understand, you know, what the benefits are that governments see from it as well. I've sat on the fence a little bit there, but it's because there are pros and cons, I think, and it, it's quite difficult to kind of come to a firm conclusion. And I, I definitely think we need a bit more input from government as to, or a bit more direction as to what they see as the policy rationale and benefits um, before we can come to a conclusion as to whether kind of retaining that listing requirement is the right thing to do. And Roger, one of the other proposed changes in the, the fund regime call for input is around uh, the number of properties that that a REIT has to hold. And there's um, there's some talk in there about opening this up so that single list single asset REITs could be listed anywhere. What would that what would that change for IPSX as you get this as you get this market off the ground? That's obviously a huge selling point for you in terms of allowing people to put money into single asset REITs. If you started to see those those sort of vehicles listed elsewhere, does that you know does that does that change the the USP of of IPSX, for example? Well, yeah, I, I mean it it would it absolutely would change the USP. I I, I don't uh, I don't think we will see see that because I think the the sort of conceptual philosophical benefit of having a dedicated property exchange. Um, will will outweigh that. Um, you know, we have dedicated asset exchanges for petroleum products, for metal products. It seems to me, uh, you know, well overdue that we have a dedicated exchange for for for, for property and real estate and real asset um, products. Um, and of course, the the the, the actual specific um, change to the number of properties is 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 one that's largely a, a form over substance one because. Of course, the, the reality is that um, any asset which is capable of being multi-let can be treated as 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 more than one property interest for the purposes of the rule. So you have this rather um, strange reality that you you can list single assets, um, and, you, and those single assets can be REITs as long as they're capable of being su- sublet. So I think this change is just catching up with what's actually happening on the ground, really. If there was an additional change that you'd each like to see brought in to the REIT regime specifically, that would uh, that would make the UK's market more competitive, bring more capital in, improve real estate as as an investment market, what what might that be, um, Stephen? If I could start with you. Yeah, I think from from our point of view at Palace Capital, we we're a small REIT and. And actually, the balance of business test is 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 a challenge because when we take a property and we redevelop it, you know, it could it could in a particular year it could make up a significant part of our portfolio. And I think it's important to have a balance of business test. Uh, the point of the REIT is to generate income and provide a dividend stream to investors. But at the same time, we own property, and and property is about um, creating value. It's about sometimes the best choice to make is actually to redevelop that asset uh, and so I'd probably change the balance of business test uh, to be purely a balance sheet ish, uh, point rather than a, a profit um, basis I think that would that would make it 
easier for property companies to make the right decision, the right, the right property decision, um, whilst obviously maintaining, uh, you know, a significant amount of your portfolio for income. Um, I think uh, on a more sort of global level, I think the government should be looking at other regimes around the world. Singapore is a great example where their their REIT regime has grown significantly in the last 10 years. Uh, I think their last 10 IPOs have all been entities uh, invested in property outside of Singapore. Uh, and I think that's the kind of uh, investor we should be looking to attract is people who are, you know, what if what if a company is creating a, a Kenya REIT or, a, you know, or a logistics in Southeast Asia REIT? Where do they go to list that vehicle? We, we would want them to come to London. Uh, we would want them to list in the UK REIT regime. And I think that that would be a massive uh, in, influx of capital if they could um, if they could make sure the rules and the regulations were simple enough to attract people. That's a great aim to have. Roger, what are your thoughts on anything that, that hasn't been discussed as part of this consultation that you'd like to see considered? Well, I suppose just just following on slightly from something Steve, Stephen just ended on there about about obviously trying to attract more listings in, in London. The, the thing that um, uh, is almost the opposite of what Stephen just mentioned, the idea of seeing um, overseas assets listed here in London is one of the things that I, I concerns me is seeing UK assets listed overseas. Uh, and, you know, there are exchanges like the one in the Channel Islands um, called Ties, but also a lot of uh, there, there are UK assets listed in re, uh, held in REIT structures, which are listed in places like Mauritius. I think that if you want to be in the UK tax regime and you need to be listed, let's take take that as a given for the moment. Then I think I'd like to see the uh, the, the government and the FCA saying that, that listing should be in London and that way the FCA could ensure that the quality points we discussed earlier were were met and complied with. At the moment, the FCA faces a lot of reputational risk for things which actually aren't happening on their watch. Um, things like the Woodford scandal last um, a couple of years ago, the FCA gets a lot of flack for that, but actually they don't regulate the exchange he was using. Now, that's obviously not real estate, that's private equity. But but the point is, what I'd like to see is that um, the, the government and the FCA takes control by requiring UK REITs to be listed in the UK. And, and Rachel, anything not being discussed at the moment that, that you'd like to, to see touched on, you know, given conversations with members? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been, I mean, I definitely agree with uh, Stephen's point around the balance of business test, and we're definitely making uh, kind of suggestions for how that can be simplified and improved. Um, and and I suppose I would reiterate the point I made before, which isn't in the asset holding company consultation, but I think it might be touched on in the wider re review, which is around how the UK REIT regime and I guess the UK tax regime generally treats returns from overseas property that are just repatriated through a UK structure. Um, if the UK wants to be attractive as a kind of a fund structure, it needs to make sure that it's not double taxing those returns. And so I think it needs to be really clear in both the REIT regime and more broadly that if you are uh, investing in an overseas property asset, those returns won't be taxed again in the UK. Well, Roger, Rachel, Stephen, I'm sure we, there will be more for us to talk about uh, on this front as the consultation results are published and as any of these changes uh, look like they're look like they're moving ahead. But 
for now, thank you all for joining EG today to share your thoughts on the topic. It's been it's been good to have you with us. Uh, pleasure. Thank, thank you. For thank you very much. And thank you for listening to this EG Market Moves podcast. Remember that you can subscribe to all of our podcasts, including our new weekend wrap-up of the week's news, EG Like Sunday Morning, on your favourite platform. And head to egi.co.uk for more real estate news, analysis and data.